Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. I mentioned the little article in the bulletin as kind of an introduction, but my whole message this morning is going to be on this this introduction for our, for our theme for 2017. I have a pastor friend, <coughs> pastors of church in Kalamazoo, and uh, I've known him for years. Actually, I knew him before he got saved. <clears throat> but uh, he doesn't know what he's going to preach until 6 o'clock in the morning, on Sunday morning. He gets up, and he's, you know, it's like, God, just tell him what to preach. And, and he's just, <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> so different people do it different ways. And, he, and he's got a great church. And, and uh, uh you know, it's just uh, whatever's spontaneous that morning is is what what gets delivered. And I'm not speaking bad about that. I'm like, I, can't, I don't do it that way, all right? In fact, we plan out six months to a year what we're going to preach on. <clears throat> and uh, this year, we're, uh, we're really setting a theme. It was, it was challenged last year uh, to, to develop a theme for a whole year and then kind of to... to to put a lot of effort and thought into coordinating both our messages, but but really the whole life of the church, to to be uh, pursuing a, 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 a unified theme throughout the year, and so that's what we're we're jumping into uh, beginning right now uh, in January, and it's going to go throughout the whole year, and it's, it's the three journeys of spiritual growth. The three journeys of growth is is what it's called. <clears throat> I also like that we're starting off the year with a revival meeting, and uh, this is in part due to the reason that there's a new Partners in Harvest Church, that's our, our international network, Partners in Harvest, and uh, it's a network of thousands of churches all over the world, um, but a church there in Three Rivers has joined, <clears throat> and so uh, uh, to, to welcome them in, we're having special meetings, but it's, it's really for all of the churches that are open to revival. We had the revival weekend in August that was powerful with John or not. Um, Alan Smith is a great speaker. He's really down to earth, but he's he also really pushes into the, the things in the supernatural. And, and, and part of New Day Community Church, if you only come here on Sunday morning, you're only getting like a sliver of who we are as a church, okay? And, and the values that we hold. Um, uh, Sunday morning is is the the time for you know a family experience. You have kids; it can't be a drawn out long service uh, because kids can only get, be penned up in a room for so long, and you know, and, and then it's lunchtime, right? <laughs> and so, but in our roots or under the hood uh, of New Day Community Church, we're really a revival church. We were born in revival. I was born into revival. And so uh, a, a revival church is a church that really values pushing into God's presence and experiencing the supernatural. And, you know, the whole of church history, I don't care what denomination or stream that you look at, the beginning of it, whether you're talking about the Baptists or the Anabaptists or the Lutherans even or the Methodists, any and every, every uh, major move in the church began with revival began with people pushing in. Often they were 
months or years of prayer meetings and then God would show up and people's lives are transformed, communities are transformed. And then out of that were birthed uh, what we now call denominations that kind of hold to those truths that were revealed back in the day. Well, you know what? Today is back in the day. All right? It's a new day, right? And so for this generation, we need churches, and that means people that are willing to push in deeper for the things of God for this generation and the generations to come. You know, I believe Jesus could come back tomorrow. You know? I'm ready for it. How many are ready for it? I'm like, praise God, I wouldn't have to fill out those tax forms. <laughs> you know, when you're young, it's like, oh, the days to come back, I want to, have a, I want to get married and have kids, right? <laughs> I was like, okay, sorry about that, young guys. <laughs> I'm ready to go, all right? But I also realize it could be many generations yet, all right? Paul wrote, he's of the last day. You know, the New Testament's like, he could come at any moment. That was 2,000 years ago. And so we live prepared to return to be with the Lord tomorrow. But we also live planning and preparing for the next generation to pass on the truths. And, and part of that is pushing into the revival and experiencing more. And so that's what the, this weekend is. By the way, the church is actually right on 131. Uh, the address is Kerr Road because you have to turn off to get into the parking lot. But the I don't know if you remember, there's, there's like three or four churches right in a row on the same side, on the west side of 131, and they're increasingly larger sizes. <laughs> there's a little one, little blue church, that's where they used to be, and now they're in the bigger uh, brick church, so it actually sat empty for about a year. Um, and then there's a, I don't know, Nazarene church, right? So it's the middle one. Um, and so uh, uh, Jerry Solis is the pastor, and I've gotten to know him uh, over the last, uh, since August, really. Uh, great guy. They're a very similar type of church, I believe, in, in uh, worship and pushing in the things of God. But this will give us extra time, you know. Uh, evening meetings, you don't have to worry about the, 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 the clock, and we can really press in and experience God deeper in, in worship as well as in the preaching. And we're really believing for a supernatural um, uh, healings and miracles and stuff like that, prophetic words. So uh, that's another great way to start off. The whole idea is that, you know, starting off 2017, and not only starting off, but continuing the theme of, uh, for 2017 of growing, okay, a year of growth, and breaking that into uh, three separate um, <clears throat> journeys, if you will. There's three journeys uh, of spiritual growth. Uh, and uh, it's the inward, the upward, and the outward, all right? And just one thing, Gail uses a similar terminology in his discipleship class with a little bit different uh, interpretation or application, same terms. Um, so just if you, as you're going through, uh, if you plug into the Tuesday night discipleship class, part of his class has those same terms. We're, we're kind of using them in a little different way. Uh, and this was just, we needed to come up with a, a, a way to describe, you know, how we grow. And this, this, this truth of an inward journey, an upward journey, and an outward journey is really true for everyone, whether you're a Christian or not, okay? Uh, a lot of people aren't aware of it, uh, but uh, everyone experiences uh, these journeys in life because it's really just part of being human, all right, being uh, um, uh, a person. 
January through April, we'll talk about the inward journey, May through August, the upward journey, and then September through uh, December, the outward journey. I'm actually looking forward to the outward journey uh, because we have a number of things <clears throat> that we're preparing for uh, uh, in all of our churches, but uh, particularly uh, here in Vandalia. Um, you know, the, I, a big idea with 2017 is that we want to bring it up a notch. You know, we, we, are you all familiar with that phrase? Let's, t- let's take it up a notch, all right? And so let's take it up a notch personally. Let's take it up a notch as a church, okay? And uh, uh, I've been spending a lot of time in prayer, seeking God, uh, getting input from different people of how we can bring it up a notch here in Vandalia, New Day Vandalia, how we can get better not only at doing church, what we do here and growing. You know, I love that we have Sunday morning, and I love that we have the Tuesday night discipleship class, the, the farmer's Bible study, which, you know, we don't actually do, but we host and we uh, support and encourage men to go to that on Thursday mornings. Uh, too stinking early for me. <laughs> uh, you know, we have the men's retreat. We have a women's retreat. We're doing a lot of stuff. But how can we do better at reaching our community? And so the, the Easter outreach of, of handing out uh, bags of groceries and inviting people, you know, everybody in, in, in Vandalia, that's part of it. But we have some other things planned as well. Uh, and so we're going to be introducing a lot of that. And another thing I wanted to say, uh, it's kind of a big step that we've taken as a church. Many of you may know some or part of the uh, or you may know the whole story of how we acquired uh, this building. Uh, we were leasing the building, and we invested quite a bit of time, energy, and money in refurbishing the building. Um, uh, but we purchased, we've entered into a purchase agreement uh, uh, with Dale, who owns the building. And so it's a land contract. We, we, we don't own it necessarily. We owe for it. <laughs> So we haven't paid for it, but it's in our name now. Uh, and so we've actually purchased this building. And, and a part of that, why that's a big deal, is that you know, I, I really believe that it gives uh, a person, or now as a church, uh, an additional level of authority in that, hey, we, we're stakeholders. We have bought land here. All right? And so you know, we have made a long-term, and I personally have made a long-term investment to this congregation uh, as, as I do to all my churches. Um, but now taking this next step of, okay, we, we signed on the line. We're now making this purchase. We'll be talking more later in the year about how we're going to pay for it. <laughs> but uh, God's faithful, and you guys are faithful, and I'm confident that uh, we'll be able to do that. So lots of things are happening. And uh, the sermon series that I'm really just going to be spending this morning, uh, next few minutes, uh, giving you a, a, an overview or an introduction to the idea of the three journeys, and then we'll have the whole year to delve into. Uh, uh, we want uh, uh, to establish um, specific uh, uh, metrics, if you, if you will, that's the technical term, or uh, things that we can measure so that we as individuals and we as a church can know if we're actually growing. You know? It's one thing to talk about spiritual growth. It's a, next, it's a different thing to say, you know, uh, I, I didn't used to read the Bible every day, but now I do. In fact, I've kept track of it, all right? Or, uh, you know, I, I pray, you know, occasionally, but establish a, a routine and a discipline of prayer. All those different things we're going to teach on 
and encourage and develop that over the course, especially over the course of the first uh, uh, third of the year in the inward uh, journey. So spiritual growth, so all three are part of this idea of spiritual growth and uh, of this book called The Invitation to a Journey, which um, uh, I actually haven't read, Mark read, and we have a few quotes on it. I'm going to read it. We're going to get some copies of it to hand out because it's, it's just a good book. It's a roadmap for spiritual formation or spiritual growth. Uh, in the book it says, Spiritual growth is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. All right. And so this, this gives a, a little bit better definition than just the idea of, oh, you need to mature spiritually. You know, it talks about it being a process. This is something that it, it, it takes time and it takes uh, uh, input, energy, uh, and it's about being conformed, being transformed, being uh, changed to be Christ-like. But I love that it includes for the sake of others. All right? So it's not just becoming holy so you can be holier than everyone else. All right? It's becoming holy so you can be holy for others. You know, and to, to, to impact those around you. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And so in this passage, Jesus is talking about Christians. You know, if you abide in Christ, uh, you'll bear much fruit. And so a living branch uh, grows, you know, and if a branch stops growing, if it dries up and withers and dies, it's no longer alive. And we're compared Christ compares being a Christian to being part of the branch that grows and produces fruit. All right? And so you can look at your life. Am I producing fruit? Is there evidence of the life of Christ uh, in my life that I can say, this is, this is it. This is, you know, an apple tree. If it has apples, you can actually see the apple. You can pick them. You can eat them. You can plant the seeds in them and, and grow more trees. So Christians, likewise, followers of Christ, if we're in Christ, should have some sort of fruitfulness that you say, hey, this is it. Maybe it's impacting other people's lives, serving people, teaching people. There's lots of different, we're going to get into the different uh, fruits uh, of, of, uh, of, of what that means over the course of the year. But the idea is we're called and expected as Christians to be growing and to be walking out a process of sanctification. It's a big word. Sanctification just means becoming more Christ-like, uh, learning how to live like Christ. And, and I like this actually quote. This, this makes life better and, and makes us better at life. You know, When we become more Christ-like, it makes life better. It just Things go easier, and even hard things are easier to endure, uh, and, you see, and you receive benefits from them. Uh, but it also makes you better at doing life. And spiritual, spiritual growth is simply increasing our capacity to enjoy God and enjoy life. That's what I like. That's how I like to define spiritual growth. It's not about, oh, buckling down and becoming, you know, <laughs> more serious, you know, and, you know, spiritual growth. Some people like have this idea uh, that it takes away all joy. No, it's actually about enjoying life. You know, God put us, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Right? Why did people like being around Jesus? I think he was generally a happy guy. 
you know, right? He liked to eat. He gave away food. He multiplied food, right? People flocked to him, right? People don't flock to unhappy, you know, complaining, miserly people, right? And so <clears throat> that's the goal. Let's grow. Let's become more Christ-like. Okay, so what is the inward journey? All right, uh, the inner journey is the journey of self-discovery, and this is why it's something that everyone experiences, whether they're Christian or not. Uh, it answers the question, who am I? Who am I? And this is something everyone experiences, you know, especially uh, when you go through the teenage years, you really experience it. So, you know, you're, you know, so much of your life changes. But I've found, you know, I'm long, long, long way from the teenage years. But I'm so, you know, who am I? Uh, like, I'm looking like, I got to get ready for retirement. I'm like, I better figure out who I am first. <laughs> it's really something that never changes. Then you change, and the context of your life changes. So who am I in, in, in this stage of life? Uh, it involves discovering our true identity. Uh, so it includes things like personal growth and maturity. Uh, but it also involves a lot of uh, repentance, forgiveness issues, freedom from sin, freedom from shame, all of those things are part of identifying and discovering the journey of discovering who you really are. It's a journey that involves putting off uh, behavior that is not your true self, which would be sinful, fleshly, broken, destructive uh, lifestyle practices, getting rid of those things and putting on godly uh, practices, learning how to do life God's way. Uh, I was just actually talking with Dale, I think it was last week, and uh, we were discussing some things like so many people have such a faulty understanding of what it means to be a Christian. And, you know, and they just think that they can continue living life and, and doing the same things and just throw a, you know, a Jesus word in there every now and then and think everything's okay. But their life is so broken. Um, and so uh, spiritual growth, this inward journey, actually is about the transformation of ourselves, our inward man. So during this part of the year, we'll, we'll learn and, and delve into, in this first few months, some tools that God's giving us, given us to equip us on this journey. You know, if you're going to go on a journey, you need stuff. If you're going to hike through a mountain range, you want to have good gear, good good. Uh, uh, boots and a good tent and a good sleeping bag, you know. If you're going to take a journey across the uh, country, you want to have a good vehicle, good transportation. <clears throat> and so every journey requires the right tools and equipment and training. And so that's what we're going to equip us with. Uh, this first journey uh, is the tools to enable us to grow, to become more Christ-like, to become um, able to bear fruit. And we actually see all three of these journeys. I'm going to read a portion of scripture that correlates with each one of the journeys out of um, Colossians chapter 3. Uh, so this is the, kind of the middle of the chapter. It says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, uh, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things. All right, this is part of our old life uh, when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, 
malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to one another, for you have stripped off the old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. <clears throat> um, so this is kind of a big list. It's not an exhaustive list, but a big list of negative, destructive behaviors, lifestyle patterns that really we need to get rid of. We need to get uh, thrust off of us. And that's a big part of the inward journey is getting rid of the junk. All right? If you're going to go on a journey, you don't want to carry a bunch of junk. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'll skip the story. <laughs> um, uh, and this is, of course, accomplished <clears throat> through faith in Jesus Christ. All, all of it is, you know, you can't discipline yourself into heaven. You can't discipline yourself into godliness. All right? You can't just work harder at it. Uh, New Year's resolutions, right? I'm really going really, to get in shape this year. You know? I, I still say it. <laughs> and I mean it. You know? And I have a gym membership to prove it. <laughs> but I have to actually go to the gym, right? You know, it's not good enough to have a membership. I paid the, I paid the money. I have a gym membership. I got a card. No, I have to go there and actually move and do the exercise. Uh, um, uh, so, so, but in the, in the area of spiritual growth, in the area of godliness, you, you can't will yourself into it. All right, it needs to be the outworking of God's will in your life. He, he wills both. He, he puts in you both the, the the ability and the desire to do His will. All right. And so it is a reliance on the, the life-saving transformation power of Jesus Christ to bring about change. Now, does that include willpower? Does it mean making a choice? Absolutely. But it's a Holy Spirit, God-inspired, God-empowered choice. And it's not just you buckling down. Because, it, because we, we don't rely on our own strength. We rely on Him. Uh, and then it goes on, this is the better part of it, or the more positive part, it says, and put on, so we put off all that stuff, but this is, this is equally part of this inward journey, is putting on the new nature, renewed as you learn to be, uh, learn to know your creator and become like him. Wow, we're to become like God. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, doesn't matter what your ethnic background is, your economic background is, um, uh, all those things don't matter. Your religious background, you come into a new lifestyle. Uh, all that matters is that uh, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. So this is the aspect of putting on the new creation and increasingly displaying in very practical day-to-day -day ways uh, how to live Christ-like in our interactions throughout uh, our day. The upward journey, <clears throat> uh, just going to talk a little bit shorter about that this morning. It's the journey to find transcendence. Okay, So that's a big word, but uh, again, uh, even a non-Christian, even an atheist, uh, they, they, they have a desire, a need for transcendence. Transcendence means getting outside of yourself, all right? The need to be a part of something bigger or understand what's really going on. And it's a huge part of life. Um, uh, it's really discovering the spiritual side of life and answering the question, well, who is God? 
So the first journey is, who am I? The second part of the journey is, who is God? Who's God? What's he really like? You know, is there a God? Is there meaning beyond just, you know, working to make money, to eat, buy food, to eat, to stay alive so I can go to work? To make money, to buy food, you know. You know, and that just gets old real quick. But when we have transcendence, when we have meaning beyond ourselves, and ultimately that is an experience and a knowledge of our Creator and our God. Uh, here's another quote from the book. <clears throat> Human hearts are hungering for deeper realities in which their fragmented lives can find some measure of wholeness and integrity. Deeper experiences with God through which their troubled lives can find meaning, value, purpose, and identity. All right, And so this hunger is in the heart of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth. Okay? When you're interacting, I don't care how sinful, how broken, how messed up uh, of the person that you're interacting uh, with, there is a hunger in their heart. All of that brokenness, all the you know, people that get into addiction or get into um, uh, bad lifestyles, the real motivation is they're trying to fill that hunger. And they're substituting godliness with worldliness. Okay? To, to, because of the hunger that's in them. And so we have, we have the answer to what they're really hungering for. You know, Pascal, the ancient uh, philosopher, said there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person. All right? And that a vacuum is, is begging to be filled. And this is this upward journey of, of, of experiencing um, transcendence, experiencing, connecting with God. Knowing ourselves can only bring us so far in life. We need to know God to become whole. All right? We, we really can't be whole apart because we were created to live in relationship with God. All right? And so life doesn't make sense without that aspect. And I know people that uh, don't believe in God that are atheists. And they, they kind of just they keep propping up substitutes to fill the vacuum. But it's, it's silly because they're missing the whole point. Uh, everything in life kind of brings you to the place where you, you cry out. Even, even the whole idea of thankfulness. Um, you know, being thank, uh, if you don't believe in God, being grateful actually doesn't make any sense. Because if everything is just the result of random chance, what are you grateful for? Who are you grateful to? Random chance? You can't, you can't be grateful. You can't, be, you can't have gratitude for a, uh, you know, an accident, even if it's a favorable accident. The, the, the need to say thank you is part of our condition that we were created with a father. Does that make sense? <clears throat> All right. And so humanity actually doesn't work without the God element. And so the upward journey is experiencing more and more of the God element. So it actually starts out, Colossians starts out, chapter 3 starts out with the upward journey. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the reality of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. This is God stuff. This is heavenly stuff, right? That's what we're going to be looking at. <clears throat> uh, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, uh, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. 
So the upward call that this chapter starts out with is actually the motivation that leads into the next part of the passage, which I read earlier, which has to do with putting off the sinful nature and putting on of the godly nature. Because the upward call, experiencing God, knowing God, is the motivation for getting right with God so that we can know Him better. Does that make sense? All right. So the upward call is the motivation. It's the reason for the inward journey. Um, and so it's setting our sights, aiming for heaven, getting our minds on heaven, and uh, this is experiencing greater knowledge of God. We're going to take a couple of months and go through the attributes of God and just study who God really is and, and probably some terms and some ways that you haven't heard before, but we're going to explore the different attributes of God and then how those attributes, those characteristics of God, actually uh, are part of our transformation and our spiritual growth. The upward journey is really uh, uh, living out the great commandment, right? To love God. What's the great commandment? There you go. There you go. There you go. So it's to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, the outward journey, <clears throat> the final part of the year, we'll go through discovering our purpose in life, especially in regards to others. And, you know, the first is, who am I? The second is, who uh, is God? And the third, the third uh, journey answers the question, well, who are all these other people? <laughs> you know, who is everyone else? How does this, how does this all fit in? Or, 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 and how do I relate to them? Or, I like it better uh, put, what is community? Right? What does it mean to live in relationship with others? That's the outward, in, connecting outwardly to those around us. And of course, for everyone, whether you're a believer or not, this would include your vocation, so what you do for a living or your occupation, um, but it also includes every aspect of how you interact and are involved in uh, society. For believers, for Christ followers, uh, for disciples of Jesus Christ, this takes on a huge uh, amount of importance and greater significance. Okay, Because it's no longer just about, well, what you do to make a living and to be happy and maybe to help you know, your family out. This uh, has to do with fulfilling uh, your calling to reach the world with the message of the gospel. Um, so um, it includes more than that, or, or part of fulfilling that calling includes things like discovering your spiritual gifts, growing in that. So we're going to take some time to uh, this year to, to talk about the different spiritual gifts and what they mean, how they work. Uh, you know, I just read an article <clears throat> yesterday that the Southern Baptists... Uh, denomination, uh, which is the largest of the Baptist churches, uh, just formally changed their bylaws uh, up until like, like last week. If you spoke in tongues, uh, you were not allowed to be a missionary or uh, to serve in any capacity in leadership in the Southern Baptist Church, and they changed that rule. And the reason they changed that rule, and I've actually known a lot of missionaries uh, that were in, in a Baptist and other uh, denominational missionaries that had to keep it secret 
because pretty much every missionary out in the field, they need everything they can get. So they're talking in tongues, they're prophesying, they're doing all this stuff, casting out demons. But when they get around their, their, the backers, when they come back for the conventions, they have to hide it all. Uh, so here the, the Southern Baptist Convention changed it so that they now allow uh, and they no longer forbid speaking in tongues for those. That's a huge change, okay? Uh, um, you know, and that's a spiritual gift, all right? And so teaching through, uh, I had someone that, that had been in our church in Kalamazoo for many years ask, you know, send me a little article about speaking in tongues that someone else had written. And he said, is this what, is this what speaking in tongues is? And like everything in the paragraph was wrong. Everything was like, I'm like, how could anybody get every, every part of speaking in tongues wrong? <laughs> so this guy was trying to teach a member of my church what speaking in tongues was, and 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 the member of my church was like, "Is this what it means?" I'm like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> we got to get better at teaching this because if you don't understand it correctly, it just doesn't work. It doesn't produce what it's supposed to. And not just speaking in tongues, all the different gifts. There's lots of different gifts. So we're going to talk about that, <clears throat> but also." Uh, Responds uh, includes um, learning how to represent God and His kingdom uh, uh, and His His characteristic, His attributes um, uh, throughout all of life. How to live just, how to live in a way that reflects the justice, the mercy of God. How to serve the poor and, and serve the needy. You know that is a huge part of the gospel. It's a huge part of the heart of God. From the Old Testament to the New Testament is how can we meet the needs of people in our community? And we need to get better at this. And so we're going to learn how to do that. Um, so it's a journey of becoming more Christ-like to and for the world. Ultimately, it is the fulfilling of the Great Commission, which Jesus uh, left his disciples before he ascended into heaven. In Colossians, it talks about this a little bit. Uh, uh, it, it kind of, through the whole rest of the chapter, but I'm just going to read two verses. It says, Therefore the elect of God, holy and beloved, so this is after set, set your mind on heavenly things, get your life right, with uh, that upward journey of getting uh, setting your mind on heavenly things and knowing God, knowing Christ, the inward journey, of uh, which was the next portion of Colossians chapter 3, which is putting off sinful behavior, putting on godliness, uh, becoming more Christ-like, and then, Verse 12, actually through the end of the chapter, uh, it talks about uh, relating to others uh, here in these two verses. It says, Therefore, as, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness. These are all things that describe how we relate to other people. Okay, Humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, putting up with one another. Being part of a church means you have to put up with people. <laughs> Being part of a community means you have to put up with people. Right? Being part of a family means you have to put up with people. All right? Uh, how long? Until they change? Or until maybe you change? <laughs> or maybe until you both change? Right? There's not a timeline. So that's what bearing with others. That means putting up with other people. Putting up with their inefficiencies, deficiencies. 
right? Bearing one, uh, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against any another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The rest of the chapter goes through explaining how that works out in the marriage relationship and parent-child relationships and employee-employer relationships, how, how to apply that. And you can read that at home. I'm not going to take the time to read through the whole chapter. But the outward journey is learning to live in love, learning to live a love expressed to those around you and to those in the community, both near and far. Love involves how we treat others, but the greatest expression of love is sharing the message of Jesus Christ. So the outward journey really is, a big part of it is, is, is learning how to communicate the gospel and doing it in a way that really makes a difference. G, uh, John chapter 3 it says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. And then later, before Jesus uh, was crucified, he turned to his disciples and he said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. All right? And so just like the Father sent his dear Son, uh, motivated out of love to reach the world, Jesus said, just like the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And that means you and me were to be sent in love to reach the, the, the world with the message of truth. Uh, and so the outward journey is fulfilling that. Um, in our lives and finding ways. And so, <clears throat> in closing, I just think that um, uh, what we need to do and what I challenge you to do at the beginning of this year is to ask yourself, where are you in each one of these journeys? You know? and, and, and the inward journey of, of figuring out who you are and putting off ungodly behaviors and putting on godly behaviors. Where are you? Are you, are you a novice? Are, are you, like, there's this thing where you don't know what you don't know. That's a stage. And then you, then you go get the place where you know what you don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know there's a whole bunch of stuff that you don't really understand, but you, at least you know that they're out there. But there's a stage before that you don't even know what you don't know. That's what most people don't know anything about Christianity, but they don't know they don't know. Because they've never even heard the basics, like Dale. And so they need to come to Tuesday night class. <laughs> All right? Well, then you go, oh, man, I know the Bible is true, but I don't really understand. I don't know how to live it. Okay? So you now you know that you don't know. But then you, then you get to a place where you, you begin to know what you know. All right? And, and you start living it. And so where are you in that journey? And then there's actually a stage where you don't know what you know. That's, that's actual maturity or, or becoming an expert in something is where you no longer know what you know. Okay, and what that means, I'm not making these terms up. There's books written about this. It's, it's leadership stuff. Okay, um, <clears throat> it's that I know a whole bunch of stuff and it just comes out automatically. And people go, how do you know that? You get this, don't you? <laughs> and I go, I don't know how I know it. I read a book about it sometime. You know, 20, 30 years ago, I've been doing this for 20 years. You, you kind of learn it, right? And so you have this storehouse of knowledge that you don't even know that you have. But when the time comes, you know how to solve a problem. Right? So if you're an expert in farming, 
You know, you have a problem come up, you know how to solve it. You don't have to go to a book. You don't have to look it up on the internet. You've done it 10 times already, all right? And, but it, you're not thinking about it. Same thing, where are you in each one of these journeys? Uh, are you a novice? Are you completely ignorant? Are you a novice? Are you, are you doing all right? Are you, are, you, are you making solid advances? And evaluate, take some time at the beginning of the year and evaluate where you are in each one of these journeys. And then set some, uh, some goals for 2017. Uh, goals like reading through the Bible. Uh, uh, someone I saw just yesterday, their goal, they're going to read a book. Uh, they're going to read 52 books this year, a book a week. <clears throat> I have a friend that reads two to three books a, a week. Um, and I, I'm like, must be nice. He's another pastor, but he's got a big staff. <laughs> so... 90% of the stuff I do, he doesn't have to do because he's got, he hires people to do it. He just sits around and reads books. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever it is for you, uh, you know, I need to get better at the outward journey. I need to connect with people better. Uh, uh, I need to get better with my inward journey. Uh, 2016, uh, uh, I think I personally kind of slacked off. Right? You can coast. And coasting is not good. I'm like, I don't. Have, I gotta make use of every day I have. You know, who knows? Tomorrow might be your last day. We don't know. And so, I encourage you. I exhort you. Each of us. Let's take some time at the beginning of the year to evaluate where we are, and then set some goals of how we can get better. And that's what we're gonna do throughout the year. But all of it begins with accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And if you haven't come to that place, or if you're not sure about that, you can't go any further until you make that uh, certain. And in fact, every step along the journey has to be rooted and grounded in that faith. Because that's going to propel you to the next step. Right? So not only is it the first step, but every step is made from the foundation of having Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, your Redeemer, right? Every morning, get saved, right? For a while, I used to do that. Lord, I just accept you as my personal Savior. You know, every morning, let's get, every morning, commit. His mercies are new every morning. Receive them every morning. Uh, and, and, and walk out each day from that place of realizing your sins are paid for, He's gotten you the victory. He is your Lord. He's your Redeemer. He's your Savior. And let's make 2017 a year for growth. Personally, uh, in your personal lives, upwardly as we grow closer to God, and that's what Revival Weekend, I'm hoping we really connect with God powerfully. But then outwardly, let's find ways to effectively reach this community and bring transformation to this region and really to this generation. Amen? All right, let's close in prayer. Father, we just commit this year. <clears throat> it's the first year. First, let's stand up. Right? <clears throat> All right, let's just commit this year. Lord, we give you thanks for 2016. Uh, Lord, and the things that have been passed, we thank you for them. We thank you for the good. And we thank you that the bad is gone. <laughs> and that's, if the bad things are done, we pray that they're done.